We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Robbie Hummel, and uh, he is Alabama head coach Nate Oates of the uh, the very very hot Alabama Crimson Tide, who have won uh, seven straight and are rolling. Now, uh, before we get to Nate, make sure you subscribe to the pod uh, wherever you listen uh, to your podcast, uh, wherever the heck that is, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, any of that stuff. Uh, but let's get to it. Let's get to Nate Oates here. And uh, Nate, uh, give give me first of all the biggest reason for this. Uh, I don't know if resurgence is the right word, but certainly you guys have gotten going in, in a in a pretty good way here lately with seven straight. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't have an answer for all of it. It certainly helps. We started to make some shots. I mean, that's you know, I could sit up here and act like we're doing a great job coaching and all that, but. Shoot, we were missing some shots early in the year. We're making them now. That that helps the offense a little bit. I do think, you know, we've kind of come into our own. Defensively, we're a lot better. I mean, Herb Jones has always been really good. I think uh, we've got everybody buying into Garden. You know, Petty's been great since after Christmas. I mean, you know, he's shooting the ball well. He's guarding really well. You know, some of our younger guys that hadn't played. We'd only had four guys that ever played a game for us at Alabama. So there's going to be some – grow some room to come together. And I think we're seeing that now, you know, new Primo's playing well, you know, he's good for us defensively. He shot the ball really well at Auburn. He's been playing a lot more comfortable in the system. Bruner was getting comfortable, you know, until he got hurt. But yeah, I just, I think a little bit of everything, to be honest with you, I don't think there's one big thing that all of a sudden we figured out and found the switch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No magic potion here to figure this thing out. It's just been a little bit of everything. That it, that it, yeah, how, much, I, how, how much is momentum, Nate? How much is the confidence and momentum? I think that's a big deal, to be honest with you. You guys know that they can win. I mean, we, we won some close games. Last year, I think we were four and seven in one or two possession games. You know, you get into some – now, we haven't had a ton of close games, but, you know, at Auburn, that thing ended up being a two-possession game, one-possession game, and – you know, our guys were confident they could win that. I mean, we, we got down in that game. We were up 
got down. Shreve Cooper played well. Petty, really, if you watched the last four minutes of that game, we couldn't stop Cooper all game. And Petty switched over to Shreve, and they didn't score the last five straight trips. Like the last three and a half minutes of the game, Shreve didn't score. I thought Petty did a great job. And I think that's where you see a lot of growth. Like nobody would have thought that would be John Petty. Step up, take the other team's best player, point guard. I've got him. I'm going to lock him up. We're going to win this game. Well, that's kind of what happened in that game. So, I mean, that was a big step for us. And I think Petty's shown a lot of growth that way. Coach, I've got to say, Jeff was not wearing this hat until you guys started winning. He's he's been the bandwagon fan that, that we have become accustomed. Well, to. we you know he had a, he had our backs in the summer, and then we kind of let him down. We lost you know three we maybe shouldn't have lost. So he he had to quickly you know scourge the Alabama from the. Hey, uh, good... You didn't deserve it. Listen, I had the preseason eighteen, <laughs> and then you shit the bed early. So I, Where I can't we just now? keep Where... you in. Where are we at? No, I, I didn't say we should be in. I didn't have, shoot. I'm, I voted on the coaches' poll. I didn't have us in. Shoot, I, I, you're I, in I might, nine I, now. I might finally put us in this week. I haven't put us in. So like I, uh, I might, I might have snuck us in late, late in the top twenty-five last week. But I'll have us up in there this week. So what I, I did hear, you know, I don't, I don't have too much time during the season to listen to or watch your podcast a ton. I, I get little snippets, you know. Somebody else, hey, listen, did. Did you take us with the spread uh, yesterday or not, Jeff? That's what I want to know. I, I'm not supposed to talk about gambling. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, I, I, that's the hard yeah, questions here. No, the, the best part is – the best part is – Robbie, did he or not? I, I wasn't on that, so I can't answer. But, Jeff, oh, did Doster? you do it or not? That was Doster? Yeah. I did not take Alabama. Wow. But, hey, the best part is that Nate Nate's wife is a, is a huge uh, viewer of the pod. of I think of, of all pods of the field of 68. So, give her credit. Uh, a, a huge uh, fan, uh, although I think she's losing some faith in me uh, with some of my recent picks. Yeah, she. Uh, I mean, Jeff. Jeff covered us back when she had the cancer. We were going through it, so she. I think she's got a soft spot for Jeff. But yeah, she's. I think you're taking a couple notches down. The, <laughs> I still the, love Crystal. The, the more hey. time you don't pick us, she said. She that, she said Robbie, she did tell me though. She gave me a little preview. You know, my assistant's help with the scout for the. Uh, Game. She scouted this podcast. She said, Robbie's all about the Big Ten. He, Robbie's not an uh, Alabama guy. I've, I've, I've become an Alabama. With, with Jeff with Jeff around here, the biggest Alabama fan in the last two weeks, I've been getting a heavy dose. So I'm I'm back on the SEC. You said right something now. about you said we were like a Scott Drew team. You played in the in-state tournament <laughs> that you drove back 28 or something. <laughs> your your wife has given you a, the scouting report. I'm starting to become that a true? believer. Is that true? Oh, you're starting. Uh, I don't know. That was a few weeks ago. Words. That, that was a few weeks ago you said that? That was a few, was a few weeks ago, yeah. Okay, that was a few okay. weeks back. Coach, I want to ask you about, about coaching John Petty. You you talked about him. Not an emotional guy. At times looks like a lottery pick. At times kind of blends in. You know, have you figured out kind of how to push his buttons and what makes him tick? You know what? I, I, I've got – I took a lot of time last year. had a lot of one-on-ones with him. Talked to him a lot. Tried to figure out – he's one. he's a guy that has to trust you like for one. And I think I've tried to build that trust. He's also a guy that like, he wants, he really wants to be good. I think he had to be taught some of the stuff and it's, it's not a, a skill level or a effort kind of deal. He's, he's just got to be like locked in. He's, he's got a really high IQ, like really high. He's smart, skilled. He's the most natural shooter I've ever coached. I mean, he just flicks off his wrist and it seems like it's going in every single time. So when he, He's in a slump. I, I'm no shooting guru. I can't figure. I mean, he just just keeps shooting. It's going to go in. Shooting might make the next eight in a row. Who knows? But I I, I won't say 
sure if you got that answer, you know, I'd make sure I pushed every button every game and he'd be playing like a lottery pick every game. But I do think he's, I think he's getting more and more consistent. I think that's been the, the problem with him, you know, early freshman, sophomore year, some last year, like the consistency, like, are you, and our thing to him is your shot may drop. It may not drop. I mean, you played, you know, like you can't control that all the time. You can control the work you put into your shot pre-game, you know, the night before, the week leading up, all that, but you can't control whether it's going to drop in the game all the time. What you can control is your effort in all the other areas and just play hard in every other area and make sure we're winning when you're in. And I think the shooting will take care of itself in the end. And I think he's bought into that because you see how hard he's playing on defense now and, and yeah. he's rebounding and he's, he's trying to do all the other stuff. And I tell him too, and I think, and Robbie, you would know a little bit more on this guys that are naturally really good and have good instincts. When they lose themselves in the game, that's when they have their best games. Sure. When they, when they think they have to go four for eight or five for eight or whatever, all of a sudden that stuff blows up and you go one for eight. So yeah. just lose yourself in the game. And when you're open, shoot it. And, and yeah. I think he's pretty good when he does that. I think that's why playing at like the NBA level for so many guys is so hard. Like in college, like you have the freedom, you're, you're one of the best players, go do it. And then you get to the NBA, you become a specialist. You're standing in the corner. And it's like, hey, when that thing comes to you, you got to shoot it. But you also have to shoot and make 40% of them. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not doing a good job. It's hard. Like, statistics oh, do screw you up. I totally agree. No, I agree. And I I, I told him, shoot, he's going to play. As long as you're giving us an effort on defense and rebound and playing hard, like, you're going to be in the game. Like, I don't really, right. I mean, you're going to make shots. Like, I'm not worried about that. So, I, I do agree. The NBA things. And, I, and he will be one of those guys that, will kind of be a specialist in the NBA, like as a shooter. I think his defense has gotten him to the point where, all right, he can be a two-way guy, like really totally. locked down, long, athletic, high IQ defender, and then make shots at a high clip. All right, so uh, you got Herb back. Well, you didn't really miss Herb. You got Quinterly back. Uh, Herb might be as tough of a mf as there is out there. And the thing that I love about Herb, too, that I don't know if enough people know about, like, Herb's a guy that the NBA guys really liked as a freshman. I don't know if you knew that, Nate, before you yeah, got there. But... Dry, he, Colin yeah. was the big guy, and then they had the NBA day, like the whatever day you call it. Pro day. And then the pro, he, day. pro day. Thank you. And he excelled from what I heard. They put him on yeah. draft boards. And I think it kind of messed with his head a little bit. And then he didn't play as well as he they all thought he was going to be because he was on the draft boards, and now we're trying to get him back on draft boards again. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he's definitely become more assertive under you uh, offensively. You could see it this year. But, I mean, the other part of Herb Jones that, that just, again, I don't think enough people know about. Like, this is a kid who's, right, 4.0 or close to it, student, like just salt-of-the-earth kid. But when you get him on the court, he's an absolute warrior. Uh, no, he's he's the best. I mean, if you watched the LSU game last year when his hand – and leading up to that, so – you know, he broke because he breaks his wrist at LSU. He kind of, they take him out. He falls on, he breaks. He plays the whole game with a broken wrist. We, we didn't know it was broke at the time. So just playing with a broken wrist to start with is pretty good. So then they realize it's broke. They have the surgery, put the pen in, screw in, whatever, cast it. And he, I mean, he wants to be back quick. Like, so he gets it, the cast, they get it soft enough so he can play. So I use him like, you know, 1630 on the clock. We got a defensive possession. Media is going to come in the next whistle. All right, put him in on defense. We'll get him out at the timeout. Or we have a media timeout, and we're going to be on defense coming out. All right, you're in. 
then I put the sub at the table. We'll get him out as soon as we can. So he ends up playing. You'd have to go look at it, but maybe nine minutes in that Auburn game, we go to overtime at their place. That's the game we broke the uh, SEC record for threes made a game. We hit 22 threes. We get down 16 zip, but we were like plus, it was something stupid. Like maybe, like maybe, I don't know, plus 15 in the nine minutes he's in the game or something. That's crazy. We're like, screw it. Like we're just starting him and playing him next (laughs) game against LSU. So he plays the whole game. Like I don't care. We played him essentially as a five man. And back then we didn't have enough of a roster versatility. So we essentially played the game with two centers because he couldn't pass, dribble, or shoot. All he could do was guard and rebound. And he pulls down 17 rebounds. And it's a tight game late. I think he hits – it was a two-point game, and they intentionally fouled him. You know, usually they'd guard it out, but he's on the floor, and it's under a minute, so they just foul because they assume they're going to get the ball back because it's a bonus. And he hits two in a row with his right hand being a lefty and the place goes nuts and we go up four with under a minute to go and we win the game. And it was a big game. Obviously LSU was really good. So that, that's when you knew like this dude's all about the right stuff. I mean, you kind of knew it before. So now this, you know, his finger gets dislocated to the point the skin's broke. Like it looked like it popped. It was nasty. Like he freaked out, right. Looking at it, yeah. he freaked. Yeah. So he, they had to take him to the hospital. They couldn't, our trainer couldn't get it. I mean, it's kind of like Devonte Smith when they got all that time in the tent and, then you see, like, they took him to the hospital in Lexington. Like, he wasn't around halftime. We we don't see him until after the game's over. They got him back from the hospital. So then we left him in Birmingham. That was like the travel night from hell after uh, that Kentucky game. We sat on the tarmac for like three hours. We we I, I got home at 5 a.m. But we, we ended up flying. Instead of flying to Tuscaloosa, they flew us to Birmingham, drove us down because there was too much fog in Tuscaloosa or something. So we left him and Bruner in Birmingham to go to Andrews Clinic the next morning. And uh, they they looked at it. Nothing's broke. They shoot. So next, he took the next day off. Then he wanted to jump in practice. Like, <laughs> I'm like I said to the train, like he's like, well, shoot it. You know, he's moving it. So we'll see how it feels the next day. Like you know, and game day, he's like, coach, I feel fine. Like let's go. So screw it, we're starting him. Like we started him. He played. I mean, he's he's tough, man. He, he I like I he's he, you're right. Like he's like salt to the earth. He's, Love. His dad's like a man's man. His mom's great. Like they're the parents you never hear from except to say, great job. Keep it going. Push it. Like they're not. Which you would think you would think Nate, you would hear. That's normally the type of parent where you hear, hear from. I want my kid to be shooting the ball more. Yeah. They're the exact opposite. Like, which tells you, I mean, they're like literally like the kid knows how to work. He's been raised right. Parents are unbelievable. And he just comes in and does whatever you ask him to do and, and more. And he's, I mean, the other game, I think the Auburn game, we were, you have to look it up. We were plus, that was, that was a four point game. Yeah. So we were plus 19 when he was in the game for 34 minutes. So six minutes when he was out of the game, you got crushed. We were, we were minus 15 in the six oh minutes. He wasn't in the game. So we, we kind of needed him to stay in the game. He needs to stay out of foul. Yeah. That's one of his issues is he, he's in the middle of so much stuff that he, you know, his hands are in and he ends up picking up some cheap fouls sometimes. Coach, are you, are you a big believer in plus minus? Like my, my dad, when I was in the NBA, he never, we never talked about this until I got to the league and I started like playing tiny amounts of minutes and I'm in the NBA and like, maybe I went over four. I'm really down on myself. And my dad, who's the best would be like, Rob, you were over four, but you were plus nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I to build it, me back up. I like it. 
but it, it, it sometimes it's super skewed. Yeah, like you, no, like doubt. no doubt. You may be in a game and your teammate turns it over three times and screws all of his assignments up, and you were perfect, totally. and all of a sudden you're minus eight. Like it, it's a small piece. But it is a piece you can build somebody up. So it's good your dad was building. He was up. he was building me up. We're trying to at least. That's every sure. at the end of every game, we give out a hard hat to whoever's got the most blue collar points. Yep. Which are like, you know, tough plays. Like like you'd been great at that stuff. You'd have been winning it like Herb's winning it for us. But I, so we we always say who won that, and then who won the plus minus. So sometimes, kid, you know, like the other game, Ken Elliston scored, but he won the blue collar hat. So, oh look, Hodgson's Hodgson's in here trying to. Uh, Oh, hold on. Here, Brian's in here writing on the board. Can you can you read the whiteboard? <laughs> Goodman is soft, I believe it says. Oh, there you go. Nice. Very nice. He makes an appearance on the podcast. Yeah, hey, the he, podcast. The world needs to know. <laughs> there you go. We got this little meeting room down by the practice gym that I ran right in after practice. We're not in my office, so who knows who comes in here whenever – Alabama is skyrocketing up my top twenty-five right now. With with All right, how about this? Should you know, I keep should I keep this in the should I, should I adjust the screen so it stays in the? Uh... Yes, please. Doster does. Uh, hey, give me job. give me the Jordan Bruner update real quick before we move on to more uh, more, more who knows what. Bruner um, out what three four weeks? How are you? Change things without him. So, yeah, they said four to six because it's not the first time he's had uh, these injuries, so it might, he might take a little longer. We'll see. I, our training staff's great. I, uh, I went over and met with Saban uh, the other morning. We, he was asking about our team. You know, he'd watched a couple games on TV and asked about Bruner. I still can't believe Saban knows who you are. Like, I, I, I still see him walking by you and having no – like, you're the equipment manager or something. Well, wow. listen, he's – He's great with, uh, like, the recruiting stuff. Like, when we walk in, like, when we need him to meet with a recruit, back when you could actually recruit before COVID, he would, yeah. he would, meet, he would meet with them all. And that was usually on a Friday because they played and they, they were, it was a tight window. Like, we had to be, you know, 15 minutes. Like, but like 417 was, till, like, 423 <laughs> you had? Listen, and it, yeah, it was something like that. And they, they, but we were over there, at, you know, if it was 417, we were there at 410 making sure, like, yes. so, but – He's great with the recruits. And, you know, and I've had to fly to SEC meetings with him. And so he's been really good. It, you know what it helped me with, though, was I spent all the time in Detroit at Romulus, and I went up to Michigan State all the time. Uh, and him and Izzo are boys from yeah. when, you know, when he was so Izzo and him. So when he called to get, you know, get the lowdown on, on this new guy they're bringing in, Izzo, I think Izzo helped me out a little bit. So that, that, that helped a little bit. But, no, I went to see him. He's asking about Bruner, and I said something about four to six because that's what they had – he said four to six. Like our guys are back in two to three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I made sure my trainer knows. Hey, Saban said it's supposed to be two to three. I don't know. What are you talking about four to six? So that's we'll Coach, I want to ask you. We when I was at Purdue, we played at Alabama in two thousand nine, and it, like we were in the top five or six in the country. Really good crowd. And on this night, it was a December game. Mark Ingram wins the Heisman Trophy. And it was, it was probably the loudest cheer of the night. Like it was, it, it dominated. Like I mean, it was overwhelmingly loud when he won, and they had it on like the the jumbotron or whatever. What what has it been like coaching it? I guess a school that is so obsessed with football. You know, I don't mind it because we just kind of get to do our own thing. I mean, it's sure. not at a place like 
you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, like Marquette. Oh, they don't have football. Like all they right, care about right. basketball. So if you're a Marquette fan, all you care about is basketball for 12 months. Like when we're in the fall and we're leading up, like I don't have to do a million media, like sure. worried about football until football's over. So now I'll say this, there is a pretty big basketball contingent here that's kind of been laying dormant for a little while that's just waiting yeah. to really jump in. I mean, they, shoot, Wimp had this thing rolling, rolling with all the pros coming out of here back in the day. So sure. they, they've had a lot of talent. They just haven't been able to quite get over the hump. You know, Wimp went to a bunch of sweet 16s. Godfrey got him to an elite eight when Petway was, you know, but they were actually probably more talented and better through the course of the year, maybe the year before. So they, they've been like knocking on the door of like, they just, Nobody in the state of Alabama had been in the Final Four before Auburn hit it. That was uh, yeah, as I was wow. being hired. I, you know, I, I texted my burn, like, you know, is this a good thing for, you know, the Alabama people? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like this. Raise the bar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, but I don't, I don't mind it. Too. You know what? Before I – when I was at Buffalo, and we loved it at Buffalo. Like, I, the people at Buffalo were great. We had it rolling. It was – people – it was good. We didn't really want to leave. So, the they, they – Sunday, we lost to uh, Texas Tech. Flew back on a Monday. I had a call from Burn on Monday when I get landed. They're interviewing me Tuesday. They're flying in to interview me the next day in Buffalo. So I called two people Monday night. I called Brad Stevens. I knew his assistant well. They got him to agree to take a call. They were all, they were playing the next night, I think. And then I talked to uh, Mark Few at Gonzaga. So both guys that had turned down big high majors to stay at a mid-major, you know, I don't know if you can call Gonzaga mid-major anymore, but back then, sure. you know, they still play in mid-major conference. So I really was hoping they would both talk me into staying at Buffalo. Like, Hey, you know, it didn't really work that way though. Gonzaga had been doing a whole lot more stuff for Gonzaga in his going into his fifth year, which would have been going into my fifth year at Buffalo. And, and then Brad made a, a really good point to me. Like, he was being paid a pretty decent amount of money at Butler, but it was so much more than anybody else there. And he's such a good guy that he kind of almost felt uncomfortable. And he said, if I ever do get back into college, I would probably want to go to a football school, like a school where they've got big time football and you could kind of just do your thing, stay in your lane and coach basketball. Like, I mean, now if you got a big ego and you want to be the man on campus, like don't, don't go here. Like, but if you're kind of like Brad Stevens and you can just want to do your job and stay in the background and coach basketball, I think it's a great place to be, to be honest with you. And Goodman's still pissed at you that there was not a third phone. He told me that he didn't have any good sources on you going down to uh, Alabama. So he's, Listen, he's mad Greg, he wasn't. What do they call Bullshit. Burn? Hey, what are, hey, Goodman, what do they call Burn? What do they call him? What's Stealth the, or something? What is yeah, it? Like something something? like uh, so I, the, 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 I don't know. Some so Basically, he operates believe yeah, so he told me when he – the last thing, he's like, he kind of set up, hey, can we fly in? I was like, okay. He said, hey, hey, hey Nate, Nate, last thing, by the way. Uh, if you really want this job, nobody's going to find out about this interview because if anybody finds out, it's off the table. Hey, yes, sir. So, look, man, I, I kind of wanted this job. So I, 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 I didn't, couldn't tell nobody. I, I literally didn't tell my assistants that I had taken the job in Buffalo – until like an hour before Alabama was going to release it. I was like, Hey, I called Brian. And I'm like, Brian, uh, you think we can recruit at Buffalo or uh, Alabama? 
he's like, uh, like, yeah, you know, like, I'm, he's like, why? What, are, you, are you interviewing there? Well, I said, I, I think, <laughs> I think I'm about to take it. Like, I had already interviewed. I didn't tell anybody. Not my ops guy Bowman had to help me get the uh, presentation together, but he's he's good. And my video guy had to pull all the Alabama video up for me, but I made him pull up some others along with it. So I was like, hey, just in case, you know. Like I, I made him pull up some other teams with it, so I didn't even really tell him what was going on. So did, did I, I people, if, did if people if have Greg more trouble, that, I would have let you know, Jeff. I, you would have been the first guy I would have told you, Jeff. Okay. Yeah, sure you would have. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, do, do people have a harder time understanding you, or do you have a harder time understanding people that, when you first got to Alabama? Um, I got to understand them. I, I've, I've been all over my place. I, they probably got a hard time. I talk too fast. I like I. I don't have the uh, Southern draw. They, you got that Wisconsin. You got that heavy. You still haven't gotten rid of that, even in Buffalo. Well, I, even when I go to Wisconsin, they like, where are you from? So I don't know what I have, to be honest with you. They, they, they don't they don't claim me there either. Remember, hey, we're, we're talking today how it came up. We had lunch with my parents, and it came up. Buffalo came up of, of us just going down there. You remember my daughter and I went to yeah. Niagara Falls, just the yeah, two of us. You spoke like to my three, team that summer. Right. It was three years ago, four years ago, three. I don't know when it was. I feel was. like it was three. I think it was three summers ago. And, like, you know, when I do that that trip, it was all about – and that was it. And I didn't I didn't tell Nate on purpose because I wanted it to be all about us. It was, you know, we went to Niagara Falls. We did we did everything. Um, and I made the mistake of tweeting it. So I tweeted – a picture of us at Niagara Falls. So right away, I get a text from Nate. He's like, "You're you're in Buffalo. You're in. You got to come by." I'm like, "All right, for you, I'll come by." I come by with my daughter, and uh, what I talked to your team for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. That was easy. Yeah, I remember it was right there in the gym. It was good, right? Yeah. It was good. It was good. I was glad I. I, I was glad how they how they play after he talked to them? Were they play better? Or it was, they play well, it was in the summer, so I mean, like we're just Hard doing skill work and no, stuff. No, no, no. How did it set up the season? How did how did my? No, he can't do? take credit for that. That's that's not fair. That's a lot, isn't it, Robbie? <laughs> that's a little excessive, I'd say. Robbie, are you from Indiana originally? Yeah, I'm from Valparaiso. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, okay. Val, yeah. Actually, I saw. It's funny, like just with you, so much being talked about Buffalo when they'd come into the arc. In like the late '90s, they were or the early 2000s, they were one of the best teams that came to play at Valpo. You yeah, know, that was back when uh, they were in the same league, the MidCon. Were the they MidCon, the yeah, MidCon? They, 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 they were the two best teams by far. Yeah, they they had some good runs. They just again they couldn't quite. They never got in the tournament before because right, really Valpo was winning it almost every yeah. year at that point. Coach, where where did you get your offensive philosophy? Like, like just playing fast, shooting a lot of threes, getting to the rent. What was it? A Romulus thing? Was it a Wisconsin Whitewater deal, or was it just you liked the way that what, people wasn't a Wisconsin like that? Deal, or? Everybody in Wisconsin ran blocker mover until uh, Bo came, and then they all ran swing. So like the swing, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it was more Whitewater got up and down a little bit, but when I got to Romulus, so the first year. I coached at Ramos. I had one Division One kid, Ryan Coleman. He played at Michigan. He was a, uh, a junior that year. We got beat. We lost to Belleville, like the big arch rival. And I think the score in the district championship, where we lost in districts to him, I think we lost like 48-33 or 48-35. Like we didn't score over 35 points. That's disastrous. Like nobody wants to coach basketball like that unless like, there's a few teams in the Big Ten, I think, that would be happy. Unless you're Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan, yeah, my there you go. Yeah, so so they uh, they scored it pretty well his last few years there. But 
So yeah. we we had athletes though. Like they had like football, division one players. So we just like I'd had it. Like so in Michigan the rules were not limiting you to the amount of time in the gym. It just limited you to the number of guys. You worked four guys out at a time all year long. So we six AM we got guys in after school. We came back up at night sometime. We just were in the gym. Like too much probably. I'm lucky I'm still married, but like so my thing was we're going to develop, we're going to take athletes, get them really skilled. And then we're not going to turn them into robots when we go out and play. Like if we're going to spend all this time in a gym, like let them have some freedom and play. So we opened the floor up. We were playing. I hadn't quite figured it out. I, Cal Perry actually was, you know, when they had Derrick Rose at Memphis, I liked how they let D Rose go a little bit. So we, I did a little research on that. Got a hold of, uh, you know, the guy that kind of introduced him to the whole dribble drive thing, Vance Wahlberg. So I called Vance. Vance sent me out like six games from Fresno City College. They're putting up like 180. It was ridiculous. Everybody was trying to follow them. Like everybody yeah, was calling was like, Vance. Yeah, like 15 years ago, whatever. So Vance, so I had gotten a hold of Vance when he was at Fresno City before he went to Pepperdine. So me and Josh Baker, my assistant at Rymanus, we used to go to an NBA training camp and a college practice for like an extended period of time every fall, or at least one or the other. We tried to hit both, but we at least, if we couldn't make it to an NBA, we wouldn't. So that year we flew out, stayed with Pump, Dana Pump. I don't know if you, you should have Pump on, on, a, on a podcast once and tell old stories from when they had it. We will. That's a good idea. It's a good so, summer. That's a good summer pod. Yeah. So we uh, we went and stayed with Dana for a whole week. The first week, that was back when practice started October 15th. So the whole first week Vance was at uh, Pepperdine. We were there the whole week. And he was great. We sat down with him at the end of the week, answered every question we had. We came back to Romulus put the whole system in pressing, trapping, offense, dribble drive, four out, one in with the guy in the dunkers, everything. And then we were nine and eight and eight. Just worst record we had since I'd been at Romulus through the first 16 games. We quit with the pressing, like, cause we were playing like Noopy Crater, like all these high major point guards. We had a really good schedule. Like we played probably a half dozen like high major point guards, which is to me, it's just stupid to open the floor up and press really good guards. It's the last time I pressed. We quit pressing. I think our record since we quit pressing there, you'd have to ask Baker. I think he took – we figured it out, though. It was like 92 or 93% winning percentage at Rhymulus. We kept the offense and kind of ditched the defense and just went back to playing sound in the gap, half-court man, and really it's kind of been the whole philosophy ever since. I and mean, we've been tweaking stuff here and there on everything. But, Yeah. So that's a long answer to a short question. Sorry. Are we ready for some football? There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. The lines, we already got the Chiefs are a three-point favorite uh, over the Bills. How about the NCAA Hoops title odds? Gonzaga is still the heavy, heavy favorite at plus 350. I don't know if I'd take him at that that money, to be honest. Baylor plus 600, kind of like that one. Michigan plus 1,000. I still like Villanova plus 1,200. Coming back from a long, long pause. Let's see if they can get it back. Wisconsin, Illinois plus 1,400, along with Iowa and Tennessee. Texas plus 1,600. Again, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code 
CLNS 50 for your 50% welcome bonus. So you were the head coach of Romulus eight years ago. Think about that, Nate, right? Eight years ago. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? So what was your paycheck? What, what were you making that year? I think so. I, you know, that was the deal where you get paid to teach. And then you, you, I took on the cross country coaching job for an extra $2,500. I taught summer school for an extra $2,000. I think when you pull it all together, I was somewhere in the mid seventies. Like that's pretty good. 72, 75,000. So I thought I was going to have to take a pay cut to get into college if I ever got, cause I was like, I had interviewed at a couple different, uh, I'd had a coach in the Mac promise me a job. He took one of my kids, like next job open is yours. And then he reneged on it. Like, and then I got to coach against him and, and beat him a few times. And then I had another uh, <laughs> guy I interviewed with another guy I interviewed. So all these guys I'd interviewed for, and they didn't give me the job or I decided I didn't want it. Like then I was coaching against them. So yeah, that was a little interesting, but I, uh, I thought I'd have to get in as like a third assistant in the Mac making 25 grand. Yeah, whatever. Like, and I was prepared to to do that if it was the right situation. But I wasn't doing it for a guy that I didn't think was going to win at a high level. So even when I interviewed with Hurley, I I never thought I was going to come on as his lead assistant. I was like, just get me in the door. Like, I but I was convinced Hurley was going to be good. So that one, like, I was all in. Like, I wanted to go with him. Some of the other ones, I was, you know. Yeah. But I, I then when you said, hey, I, you know, I want to bring you on as my top assistant up, I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, that, that, all right I'm cool. in. Yeah, yeah, we're in. Let's let's do it. <laughs> I actually got a pay raise to go. You know, I think I, I think I started at like ninety or something like that. So like, I was like, shoot, this this is great. Coach, you had this, you had a store in your classroom. Is that correct? Nate's party store? Is that right? <laughs> there was no name to the store. It was I just read that. I don't know. I just wanted to – is there a chance it comes story? back in Alabama? I don't need it anymore. They, 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 <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got paid fundraisers. So, listen, when I got to Romulus and, and they handed me all the stuff I needed, they had, like, the fundraising account. I remember there was $72 in the or 78 It was 70-something in the fundraising. I'm like, like what are you going to buy? Two basketballs? Like, uh, so we, uh, we had to start – I mean, it, it was – you know, the guy before me was a really good guy, and he wasn't a, he was a pretty good basketball coach, really, but he, he worked in, at Ford, so he wasn't in the building. And he couldn't, you know, he couldn't run the program. And, and that was when Michigan had girls in the fall, boys in the winter. He coached a separate girls yeah. in the fall. So they wanted somebody in the building. So I was a math teacher at the whole interview thing. That's another story. So I get in there. We got to raise money. So I I started selling, like – I can't even remember what it started with, but it was like the best seller in that thing was like flaming hot Cheetos and Capri Suns. I had like a small, <laughs> like, like dorm size fridges. I had yeah. like two or three of them in my room set up. We, I would like, man, I, I, I literally, I bought a minivan from my buddy back there for like $1,500. I took all the seats out of it. I filled that thing up every Sunday, like, like stacked it. There was no more room, like hot Cheetos, uh, whatever, all, all like boxes of chips, like Capri Suns. We had, I had the muffins from Sam's Club in the morning. Yeah. We had Pop Tarts. We had it was like a Seven Eleven, but it, you know we we. So when I left, right, uh, right, they had no shooting machines. They had seventy two dollars when I got there. I left them with six of the guns that cost like six grand each. Now if you yeah, buy that's them, not cheap. Yeah, no, I left them with six of those. 
and like twenty five thousand dollars in the uh, fundraising account. I have no idea what. Nice job. Hey, Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne has to worry about you. Maybe you're going to take his job eventually. Fundraising. If he hears (laughs) this, he could put you to work. You know, maybe he'll put you in concessions for the football games. Like I was, uh, I was cleaning out my uh, my room or something. I forget. Maybe packing for a move. And I found so like some of the teachers would complain sometimes, right? Because like kids would come into my classroom between five minutes between classes, and the line would be out the door, like <laughs> they're trying to get in and out quick, and they'd be late to class. So that the you know I had like three or four principals. Some of them got it. Some of them weren't happy with it. One of them said I had to shut it down. So I said, <laughs> oh, so I said okay, 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 okay. So you know how everybody sells for like band and everybody else to carry around the, the candy bar boxes. Your daughters probably yeah. had to sell, right? Yeah, so, of course. I said, all right, cool. I, I'm just going to, we bought like knapsacks, the string bags, you know? So I had like cheerleaders, players, like all kinds no. of, they would come in and we they just packed the knapsack full of like, I'd, I'd add it marked down like $10 worth, $15 worth. They'd sell it and then they'd bring it back to me. So I, so it was worse because now it was over the whole school in every classroom. So we had like, Fruit snacks. You were like, farming it. You were farming it out to everybody. Yeah, it was you know, it was like everywhere now. So they didn't have, they didn't come to my room. I sent it out to everywhere. So they finally they just opened it back up again. So like, but I I had one of those knapsacks and it had like a like a fruity snack in there that was left over and I took a picture of it and put it on my Instagram. This maybe was like two years ago. Maybe when I was packing to come to Alabama, every kid in Rhymes that followed me knew exactly what I was talking about. So, <laughs> That is honestly awesome. What was That's the, really cool. What was the markup on like a, a Capri Sun? Remember the markup? <laughs> I kept it low, man. It was like fifty cents for a Capri Sun, fifty cents for a hot Cheetos. So the, the most common item bought was like two flaming hot Cheetos, two Capri Suns, two dollars. Grab all grab the four items and out the door. It was like it was like crack cocaine. You like wolf down the hot Cheetos and then you suck down the uh, Capri Slurp Sun. Down the Capri down. Sun and yeah. ready to go. And then do it, hey, do it hey, again. Rob. When Nate was an assistant at Buffalo, um, I went for the NCAA tournament and, uh, and, and did a story, ESPN story. Um, and we, we drank, uh, uh, what, what was it? was, uh, the it Red, was Bull. Red Bull. It was because yeah. Bobby Hurley would drink like, right. Uh, Bobby was, I mean, look, Bobby's got plenty of energy without drinking a Red Bull. Like, so it's <laughs> for the games. He would drink how many? I he said it was, it was one before and one at halftime. I think. How yeah, is that I like agree. jittery? Like I, I, oh, I, I had even... one. I've had one in my life. I can't. I like my hands were like going like this on the yeah, street. I, I, I believe that. He drank I always thought it was fascinating seeing players drinking Red Bull before games. You know, like and and certainly like there's ways that I think they try to get their athletes to do it where they cut it with water and whatnot. But like I played with the guy Nikola Pekovic. He was housing Red I mean, Peck was one of the strongest students in the NBA anyway. And he's housing Red Bulls before the game. And I, I just was always amazed. Go out there like a, like, like a caged animal? I mean, he was that anyway. Anyway, he, yeah. He he got Dwight Howard wanted no part of Peck. And then he'd Red Bull up and he'd go out there and he'd be the incredible Hulk out there. <laughs> I think Bobby didn't feel like he had enough energy like on the sideline. So he – he, he doesn't so, do it anymore. So no more Red Bull. I asked well, him this year. He's done with Red Bull. His wife was like, his wife was on him. Like, that's too much. Like she, I, she, Leslie's, you know, Leslie's great. She's trying to keep him healthy. I mean, he runs all the time. Like we get on a treadmill, like he, he can run. Like he would go for 20 minutes. That was the deal. I would go run next to him, see how far he could get in 20 minutes. He was, 
pushing dang near three miles. I'm lucky to get two point something like, but so he's in great shape, but she, she wasn't happy with the Red Bulls. I knew. So maybe she got him to eventually, I don't know what, maybe he takes a five hour energy. Who knows? So you worked with, you worked for Bobby for two years, correct? Two years? Two, yeah. an assistant? Like, that's not even like dog years. Like, like what, what is the, that the equivalent to working for Bobby? Listen, it, it, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. And I'm not just saying this in case Bobby listens to. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm you already because you're gonna I'm, get a phone call. Yeah, I'm too honest. You already know. We we don't have to go into this stuff. I've already said throughout my career already. He's not hard to work for. The only time it gets hard to work is when you start to lose. Okay, so like he's actually like super cool, laid back, chilled. Now, if you lose a couple recruits in a row, or you lose a couple games in a row. Now it might get a little tense, like, like, it, it, which you'd guess by watching him on the sideline. But I'm telling you, like, it, it, I've heard horror stories from lots of my friends in the business about working for bad head coaches. He's the opposite right. of that. He's not that. Bobby's he's not, just a Hurley. I, we we interviewed. We had we had Danny on last week, and and a Hurley is just a, a different species. That, that that's well, how no, I describe I, it. I'll tell you this, like I found out why, I mean, he's no taller than I am, like what, six one. He's now he's a under, he's a better athlete than what people would have thought, but he's not like some freak athlete. He was the seventh pick in the NBA draft. I figured out how that happened. Like, he's just like the ultimate competitor. Like now he'll lose his mind. Like there's stories from practice when stuff's not going well, but it wasn't like he's taking it out on, me or the assistant. So now, I, actually, I got a funny story. He did one. T- this was great. So the team, you, you know the Hurleys, right? So the team's not playing well, at Buffalo. We, we're bad. We're the, you know. So we're, the coaches have to suffer because we're losing. So there's got to be. So he said, we're gonna if we got to suffer in the game, we're gonna start suffering. He started making the coaches run sprints, like when the players were screwing <laughs> up in, in practice one game. I swear to you, true story. You can ask uh, Ben Woods with him now. Ben was there. Levi Watkins at that uh, Ole Miss was there. And I think uh, Eric Carroll, but it was me, Eric, uh, Levi, and then Bobby were the forces. And so, like, I was winning all those sprints, though. I swear, at Jeff, I, I, I won those sprints. We were, uh, I was. We were, sure you did. Sure. So, wait, like, clarify this. Kid turns it over in practice. He says, Nate, get your ass on the line. like. No, it wasn't like, like Nate. It was we. He was with us. Bobby was every, running with everybody, everybody. runs. The whole staff. Yeah, the whole staff. I was going to say, I so, can see some of these players being like, hey, let's start really turning it right. over and torture totally. the they're running. Come on, Rob. Rob, you <laughs> wouldn't have done that if you knew Painter had to run? <laughs> if, if he was putting Paul Lusk on the line when I was mad at Coach exactly. Lusk. You would have been so turning little. it over, bouncing oh, it off yeah, your foot, seriously. whatever. Yeah, well, no, we had to. Yeah, at, at call Levi. Ask him. We, it was. It was only. It only happened once. But he's like, if we're going to suffer, we're going to start suffering in practice. We're, so he told. All right, coaches, get on the line. Yeah, I forget what. I forget what it was over. Like maybe rebounding turnover. I don't know what it was. But I just remember I had to run sprints in practice. I'm like, man, I gotta get back in shape. But I wasn't going to lose one though. I was like, I look like I'm in decent shape because I'm not too fat or whatever. But that doesn't mean you're in good shape. Like you're used to running. It's a different yeah. animal when that wind. Yeah. What do you got? Anything left or what? Yeah, what, what else? Uh, you know, the big thing for me now is, so you mentioned it earlier, uh, your defense, right? Your defense was not good last year. Let, let's be honest. I'm not a Ken Palm guy, 
but I think it was 114 last year. This that's year not, it's 16. No, that's not good. That's that sucks. Painter, uh, painter, painter wouldn't have been happy with that. He would painter not have probably that. liked that. Now, <laughs> I don't think painter. No, it wasn't defense. good. You're, 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 we're all speaking the truth here. It was terrible last year. I agree. It, it was bad. What what are we today? 16th, you said? 16. Yeah, 16. Okay, so our, our goal now, and again, it's hard to be top 30 in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Those teams that are top 30 in both got chance to make runs in Sweet 16. I, at Buffalo, my last year, I, and you checked this, I don't want to lie, but I think we were 21st on offense and 31st on defense, and we were top 30 all the way up until – the Texas Tech game, and I think we didn't play well that game, and they kind of got us pretty good, and I think we dropped from the 20s into, like, 31st to finish. So I, we wanted it that way. We it, it was bad last year. So the difference – you want to know what the difference is between last year and this year. So that's what everybody wants to know. Well, one is we, we've been here for a year, so we're – you know, it's a different system, different – and I kind of do the uh, assistance different than most people. I haven't – offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and then Brian's like in charge of personnel. So Brian's like, just in charge of the board behind you. That's all he's in charge of. Yeah, yeah well, you know, he erased it for you at least. <laughs> Thank hey, you. He's in charge of the matchup board. So he's in charge of matchups. Charlie's in charge of the defense, and then Petway's in charge of the offense. So I I really worked with Petway heavy on the offense when I got here because it's completely different than anything he had coached before in his life. And then and – and I think it will help him – and it has helped him be a better coach. And then Charlie, I pulled from the NBA. He was G League head coach. I trusted him. He was my assistant at Romulus back before he went into the NBA. He's in charge of defense. Well, he we switched some stuff up. He had some good ideas. I liked him. But I had to get him down, to be honest with you, myself. Some of the stuff we were doing, I hadn't coached. Yep. So if I hadn't coached it, when the head coach coaches defense, like they know – like it's serious. Like when I was at Romulus at the end, I had Baker, my assistant, running the offense while I coached the defense. Now I told him what we were going to run, and he knew. So I had to get myself more engaged in the defensive end, which I did throughout the course of the year. I uh, we had to recruit better size, positional size with with how we want to play offensively. We ideally play four guards out there, or you know, and then you have a shooting big to go with it because we want everybody can pass, dribble, and shoot. So you can't play four guards and they're all six one, six two, six three, or you're gonna get killed on defense. Well, we were doing that some with our depth. I mean, we, we literally had Kyra, who's not that big. You know, he's not short, but he's like six three and he's not he's gotta put weight on still. Beetle, who's small, you know, we'd have like Shaq, and then like John Petty would be playing a four, or like a kid like Jalen Forbes or whatever. Like we just we were too small, not big enough couldn't cover enough ground now we've got like primo's our two a lot or petty's the two at six five primo's the three at six six herb jones is at six eight and can cover one through five and then i mean actually we're right now with what we're starting we're starting herb at the one you know at six eight shack at the two at six three whatever petty primo six five six six you know we've got four guards that are three of them are six five and over and 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 the other thing we did that I think helped, well, and we recruited some other guys, some more athletic bigs. Bruner, really high IQ can help. I think Bruner's helped a lot with the defensive end, and Reese is playing better. But when when everything went into COVID and everybody took two, three months off or whatever, we – and they the NCAA said, all right, you can have Zooms. 
we immediately went, we started doing multiple breakdowns every week on our defense. I mean, we had, we'd go back, we had transition defense breakdown. And this was before we got the new guys in. Then once we got the new guys in, we kind of went back and revisited some of the stuff. And while we couldn't do anything in the gym, we were having mandatory Zooms all spring, May, June. And we, I think it's paying off. I hope it is because we were preaching the defense. We would do like, you know, we looked at Virginia's defense. We looked at some other teams, showed that, showed their closeouts versus our closeouts, showed we just we did as much as we could possibly do without overdoing it. Coach, with, with like the coordinators type thing, I've always wondered this, so I'm going to ask you. Like, does the defensive coordinator just like – does he, have, he, he must not have a life, right? And, and like offensively, you certainly watch what the other team's doing. Are they going to zone? Are they man-to-man? But like if you're the defensive coordinator, you've got to know – sets, ATOs, late game stuff. I mean, I just feel like it's so – because Purdue went to this. When I was playing, it was like they rotated scouts. Yeah. And then Paint does what you do now. And I just think it's so interesting how the workload it feels like for the defensive guy compared well, to personnel and our, offense. So when I – we've got an offensive staff and a defensive staff and a whole group, GAs, you know, other the defensive side's larger. you sure. got multi- multiple guys getting it ready to hand to Charlie – Yep. You know, broken down already than the offensive side. So it's not so, like he's clipping stuff and no, he's, he's not having he's ready for him. Hand it yeah. to him, and then he's just got to get it down in his mind. And then how do we want to guard it? So, mm-hmm. and Charlie's really sharp and works his tail off, and he does work hard. But like Whitesell was that for me. I went to it after my second year at Buffalo. I think I went to it. So I uh, and I forget who brought the idea to me. And then so Whitesell had been with me the whole time. Who's now the head coach? But he's really. He was really defensive minded to begin with, anyways, and really had no idea what we were trying to do on offense when he got there. He's since kind of figured it out because they're trying to play the same way. I think as a credit to Jim, sure, they, he didn't play that way at Loyola at all. He he's saw evolved, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, like he's evolved as head coach. And, and for you know, and I don't want to call Jim older, but he's older than I am. For some, you know, veteran, let's call him veteran. For some veteran coaches that have been done in a certain way for a long time. For him to change, that took a lot. So I'll, I'll give Jim a lot of credit on the offensive side of the ball, what, what they're doing at Buffalo now. But defensively, we were really in tune with almost everything, like keep both man-to-man. I mean, it's similar to what Purdue does. Now, we don't have seven-foot-eight guys or seven-three guys every year. Yeah, since, since 2012, they found a way to find some enormous people. Oh, like, well, it wasn't like that when I played. Like, Juwan Johnson's 6'10", and he's really good. But since then, man, it, it's just been – <laughs> the, so, the list goes on and on of crazy. enormous they, people. If they don't have a seven foot three guy on the roster, like what well, they they got to be really disappointed with the recruiting. I know like, it's a letdown for that year, right? Yeah, but no, uh, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to read you a text. I'm going to read you a text. I'm not going to tell you who it is. This is going to, unfortunately, this is going to blow up your ego, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. From an opposing coach in your league, uh, somebody you beat over these last seven games, uh, he said. Uh, basically talk about their roster makeup with five shooters at all times and their modern style of play. Oates is a few years ahead of the rest of college basketball. Why, why do you think that is? Do you, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like you still do a lot of the same things that everybody else is doing just at a little bit? Uh, I guess you stress it even more, right? Shooting the three or getting all the way to the bucket. None, really very little in between stuff. Yeah. I, um, 
It's a good question. I'll say this. I don't know if I'd say we're ahead. We're just, we're different than what a lot of people are doing. I, I mean, like if, if you come into a league and you do the same thing everybody else does, they're kind of prepared for all that. So I, I now I, this is the way I want to play. I like it. I mean, shoot, I go back. I, I mean, I played division three. I wasn't like Robbie or anything, but like, I like to have freedom when I played. I didn't probably have too much when I, I, I mean, maybe it was cause I wasn't that great, but like, as a player, you know, if you want to work on your game, you ought to be able to use what you worked on when you get in the gym. So, like, we like to have freedom. But at the same time, I tell them, we're going to give you a lot of freedom, but it's going to be within a framework of, you know, what makes sense. So we we kind of let them shoot. I mean, like, we're everybody's big on, oh, they don't shoot any mid-range. Yeah. Well, they shoot them when they get here. And then we start turning the numbers out as we go through practice. And then I'm like, all right, you know, Javon, you've shot – 80 mid-range, you know, twos in the last four weeks of practice. Here's your percentage. You're shooting 35%. You think you're a big-time mid-range shooter. You're average. That's, you know, or, or maybe they're 40%. You're better than average. But but 40% on a two-pointer is 0.8. Let me go back and show you our defensive efficiency numbers all last year. We're losing 100% of the games. We get 0.8 points per possession on offense. So why is that? A, why, why are we hunting that shot? Makes no sense. So eventually you got to kind of, you don't just come in and say, you're not allowed to shoot them. We work the numbers, show them, let them shoot them for a little bit. All right. Instead of doing that, what about getting this? I saw, I I don't, I hate the people that act like coaching geniuses or not. There's no genius involved in this. Like the the team I like watching, like, so I went to Celtics training camp two years ago, Bucks training camp this year. Like, Boone Knowles is great. Like, they were good to me when I went up there. Me and Chai went up there. Like, but watch them play. They don't – they're not overly complicated. I, and the reason I like to watch them is Herb Jones. Now, Herb's not Giannis, but on the college level, I mean, he's our starting foreman. He's a normal-sized foreman at 6'8". Like, Giannis is a normal-sized foreman at – and he handles the ball all the time for us. Well, we've got shooting bigs. Like, they got Lopez. And then we've got – shooting all over the floor everywhere else. So I, I like to watch them. And they've adjust. They're playing different this year than they did last year. They were pretty good last year. But if you watch them, they're not five out nearly yeah. as much as they were last year. And we've gone to some of what they're doing. So even with what we're doing, and a lot of people thought we were contemporary, whatever, last year with the five out, we've adjusted. We've changed even from last year. So we're. I'm going to change every year, tweak something, do this. Defenses change and catch up. Offenses got to stay ahead of defense if you want. So, I, I thank you to whoever said it. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't three to four years. I mean, ahead, it is so the new going, age. So it, is that? It is. It is a little bit the way the game's going. I mean, the Celtics are do like you said. Hey, Brad Stevens is doing some of the same things for the most part. Now again, Jalen Brown starting to utilize the mid range a little bit more. I, I think this year, but for the most part, listen, Brad Stevens, Taco shot a three the other night like anybody in his team can shoot the three he doesn't restrict anybody are you the same way does anybody not have the green light to shoot a three on your team like the guy we're playing nine guys in the rotation right now probably 10 uh when Bruner before Bruner went out probably the maybe the worst one percentage wise would have been Jawan Gary he he had a three right in front of our bench yesterday so no everybody shoots Reese yeah I mean, our centers are Reese and Bruner. They both shoot threes. When we play small ball, Rojas, Juwan, Gary, Herb Jones go to the five, they shoot threes. 
I mean, Herb's turned himself. Hummel, into who's the guy that who's the guy that Nate that you played with that Nate never would have let shoot a three? Is there anybody on Purdue that you played with that there's no way? Yeah, who's the big yes. dude that? Sandy Sandy Marchuch would not have been yeah. allowed to shoot. Three. Right, Sandy, that was it. He would, he would have been, he would have been, get him inside, let him use his physicality. Uh, when we got here, we, uh, we had the same deal. Like a bunch of these guys, I mean, so like, like you said, traditional basketball, you got a power forward, a center, your power forward does power work. Like the roster looked a lot like that when we got here. But we told them, like, I didn't try to run anybody off. Like if they didn't want to be here, like we'll help get you to spot, but I didn't run anybody off. But we did tell them, look, this is how we're going to play. So if you want to get on the floor, you're going to be able to shoot the ball. So we started working on all those traditional bigs. Like I thought Galen Smith, who's – I don't know if he's still starting at Maryland, but he started. He, he has been, yeah. He's been starting there. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, nah, I don't know if they're letting him shoot threes, but he was shooting a lot of threes for us in practice. And, they, you know, he didn't know, he fits their system a lot better than ours. And we helped all these guys that fit systems better elsewhere get to a system that fit them better. The kid J.B. and Davis – traditional big at Mississippi state. He was shooting a lot of threes and he's shooting threes for Mississippi state in the games a little bit now. So we just, we told him get in the gym and work. Like, so I, they got in the gym and worked and we've kind of changed that little culture too, to where guys get in the gym all the time and work. So, well, listen, uh, we appreciate you coming on, uh, on a, on a Sunday here. Yeah. Um, my, my daughter's texting me, dad, where are you at? I was supposed to meet him at church. We are going to like the uh, afternoon service. Oh, I'm, I'm flying out of here to get to church. I'm going to blame it on Goodman. Listen, Crystal knows where I am. She she, she knows you, we're, we're doing the pod. So, you know, if, if anybody's well, got a, an issue, she knows where to find something me. Something on other than the hoodie. I'm going to throw a button up on quick and get, get to yes, church that, real quick. That, that's a smart move. All right. Get get out uh, of here the number nine ring. I got you number nine. Number nine, nine in the country right now. Nine. How about that? I like, I like it. I like, that's good. Rob, Robbie, so just let me know if he t- – I shouldn't talk better than probably on this, but – no, Apparently, no Goodman, Goodman's not taking us with the spread or something. I don't know. Like, just pick us. Whoa, 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 hold on. What it's about working. LSU? We got LSU Tuesday. Who, who, who you guys got? I haven't looked. It's, yeah, it's, we, it's 48 hours in advance. I got, I got to wow. research. I got to go to church. Go to church. Get Coach, I'm, I'm going. I'm Bama all the way after the season. Bama for life. Here there we go. go. I love it, Robbie. So, so right. full of crap. <laughs> so full of crap. Get I'll send you a hat, Robbie. You got to wear it. Yeah, there we go. All Give right. me another Bama hat so I can wear mine with Jeff. There you go. All right. Later. See you, Nate. All right. See you.